right. Welcome to Race Brain. This is a roundtable discussion show about all things OCR, some hybrid stuff, functional fitness, all that good niche stuff there. So today, no events really happening around like this past weekend or this upcoming weekend. So we just talk about mod. What is mod? Mod is your maximum allowable under duress. It's something that Bracken Crocker coined last episode. So we just spend the entire time talking about what mod is. So it could be helpful for you as an athlete, which athletes have good mod and just what just we're figuring <laughs> we're figuring it out as as we go. So join us on this journey to understand mod. So next week, we will be drafting for the race in Mexico. So if you like those drafts, make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're giving us a subscribe so you, all the newest episodes come directly to your feed so you don't miss any of the preview and uh, recap episodes that we will be doing down the road. So here we go. My friends, Brackencrocker, Jack Bauer, Kirk DeWint, and myself. Here we go. Mod. All right, Race Brain Podcast. Boys, Hello. How is every just collectively at the same time? How is everybody so far today after the Memorial Day? Good, doing well. Yeah, fine. Bracken, are you back on your sleep schedule yet, or are you still whining over there? This was my best coming back time zone change, jet lag. Coming back was a thing of beauty for me. Usually, this is the one that rocks me. Well, glad you're firing. Glad you're back in action because we got a, a very exciting episode. So before we get into, I want to talk about like some real sports here for a second. Just watching the conference finals. Did uh, Kirk, are you basketball? Eh, give no. or take. Not, not. It doesn't ra- ramp me up too much. The T Wolves, not Anthony nah, Edwards, not that excited. Not really. All right. Well, Jack, I, you're a Celtics fan, aren't you? I was happy with the outcome of the series. Yeah. Um. So, but like the way that that kind of came down to it. I was like thinking, like, are we going to see like some sort of buzzer beater? And I started thinking about like the best buzzer beaters I've ever really seen. And like two came to mind. One was, uh, was it some, was it Jenkins who hit that shot for Villanova over UNC at the finals a couple of years ago? Like just that trailer three pointer to win the NCAA. Yeah. Um, and then the Derek Fisher, when he caught and spun, just like shot oh. up with 0.2 seconds against the Spurs, yeah. that was right. Yeah. But my the third best buzzer beater I've ever like witnessed was when Bracken Crocker threw up Maud with 30 seconds left in their last episode. So today we're here to talk about Maud. You know, I don't I'm not a huge believer in in karma or kismet or whatever you want to talk about. But when I started rambling that day, I didn't have a word in mind. I started saying words as they popped into my mouth and they just happened to spell something in acronym form. And I believe that's the doing of a higher power. (laughs) True art. I feel like God's hand was on that episode saying, (laughs) I I don't think there is any doubt about it. So we're here to talk. got tingles. Those nice hair standing on edge. Even so if you Maud, don't think of acronyms ahead of time, you're just like it just sometimes yeah. that was just providence. Yeah. Back in the power of mod is like we could have like a documentary series. You could be <laughs> writing books. You could be you know guest speaking at multitudes of fitness expos. Like I feel like you started something bigger than you even realized, Bracken. 
My only worry is that I'm not physically capable of reining it in and guiding it towards what it should be because the power is almost too great for any four men to wield. I, I think it's fair to say that there is now two timelines. There is life before mod and life after mod. And we are AMPM. Yeah, we're yeah, post mod. Yeah. We are post mod. So I do want to just talk about it and just like, because I think I'm just really excited about the name more than even like the premise. <laughs> and like, that's what the it, beauty of it, right? <laughs> what it if it's spelled out like be. Bill or Tim or Stephanie, we wouldn't be that excited. But mod, there's some imagery there. It's worth celebrating. Mm-hmm. Do you know a famous person named Maud? I I was thinking I'm like probably in the 1870s or something. There that was that was the heyday of mods, but we're bringing it back. Is Maud short for uh, as a name, or is that just like a person's name? You can name somebody just Maud. I'm pretty sure it was like Gertrude. You you know like that era of names, but I know that it it definitely is uh, an older woman name. Aren't there a few oh. distance runners named Maud? Or who am I thinking of? Oh, you're right. Uh, the... What's her name? She's in Europe. Um, yeah, Maud. Uh, she's she's she stud, she right? Peak, uh, yeah, Maud. Oh, yeah. yes. She's probably got a great mod score. They're still yeah. relevant. Her mod is fantastic. Maud is yeah. the single greatest mountain runner of our era on the female in, side. Like ultra. Well, well, she runs like what? She's a... I'd say marathon and um, a Sky runner. Marathon, yeah. Sky runner, yeah. Anyways, Maud's, Maud's she relevant. just got smoked at Zagamo. And the course record, which I believe was her course record, got beat on male and female side. Both course records got smoked. So hmm. it was a, I don't know if anyone watched that live coverage. The, they're, it's interesting that they have course records and things like that. Because there's different ways you can approach a course, right? Did someone just figure out a faster way to, to descend? Because you don't have to stay on the course. Right. Skyrunning is weird. That's mm-hmm. crazy. You can cut the switchbacks if you like that type of stuff. If you are a psycho. Weather's huge. Many years they'll divert the course due to weather. So it's always hard to tell. But this is the first year where trail shoe tech entered the conversation. And and we saw some of these things happen. So I'm not putting it on the shoes, but the shoe game is exciting and that it's finally starting to be adapted in a, a useful way to the trails. We are definitely going to talk about mod, but I'm interested in this right now. What is the tech that they're pointing to in trail shoes that is make because i mean like the the midsole foam is it the midsole foam because that was obviously what was best for roads like this foam is just like too good what is it in the trail well i mean it's the three things that that led to where we're at on the roads right now it's weight of materials it's the the energy return and just the cushioning of the foam and it's the plates and all three are making their way to the they've all made their way to the trails but converting them to a, a a shoe form that actually didn't harm you on the trail has taken two years. And now we're starting to see the fruits of that labor. It's like a trickle down effect. You're never going to have a, a plate on the trail that's as effective as a straight line marathoner. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to have an upper that's as light as a marathoner because it needs to have some lateral stability and hold. And you'll never have the overall weight reduction because you need lugs. But we're starting to see the first like actionable iteration of those three things combined on the trail. Hmm. Aren't we seeing like, um, like you got a single carbon plate in those road shoes and here we're seeing sort of fingered plates with splits in them. So you can yeah. laterally be stable. It's a very interesting technology. So Some why do you think 
split. Some are parallel. Some are spoon shaped. But Carbitex is being Mm -hmm. used where it'll bend in one direction, not the other. It's more pliable some direction. So they're starting to get creative with how they're doing things. And it's getting exciting. So how did that play out in the trail races then? What what was what did you see? Because I didn't see this. Now I'm curious. <laughs> well, that's the reason I'm saying it's not all the shoes. Because after all these things, the woman who won the race and set the record by like 11 minutes or something like that was in the Terra Tiger, which <laughs> has the single worst bottom of any trail too. shoe on the planet. Not the worst bottom. The worst bottom for traction with any amount of moisture or rock or wood. Yeah. I hear, I've heard mixed things. I need to get a pair now in Colorado, since there's not much moisture, they're supposed to be good. Right. Fantastic in the Rockies. But the woman who won just ran sub two thirty in a marathon, her debut marathon. So she's just a freaking animal. But anyways, the, if you look at the rest of the podium, there were Solomon's new advanced version of their pulsar. And you had, I think Adidas was on there with their new advanced version of their, their ultra shoe, but <laughs> Terra Tiger one. <laughs> Do you see uh wavelight being added to trails pretty soon? Or pretty soon? No, but that's interesting. That would be, Ooh, that'd be that quite the setup, Jake. I don't know how they'd pull it off, but. But that's neither here nor there. Mod wasn't on the trails this weekend. But when, Maude... you, when you franchise this all out and, and you spread worldwide, Mod worldwide, we should, uh, we should get her on board, huh? Yeah. <laughs> She'll be the first person we go to when we need yeah. billboards. She tested positive for PEDs, though, so I don't know if you want to associate. Is that that really, we're at a bad point in history where I just assume anyone at the pro level is doing something illegal. At the very least, gray zone. And that if you live in a country that is not first world, I assume that you're free to cheat. Because it's not cheating. It's life altering for you and your kinfolk and village. And if you live in a second world or one one and a half in there, that it's gray zone morality, even if it's wrong for you. So I just I'm a cynic at this point. I just assume it's rampant. Let's just dope everybody up. Start them in middle school. Too I don't young? know. If that's what I'm saying. I'm oh, just saying I'm cynical. puberty for sure. Yeah. Okay. I have that's no faith in humanity when it comes to that. The best quote I ever saw was that if it's a competition played by humans, they'll be cheating. Like, yeah, I cheated at Monopoly growing up and go fish. Of like, humans are going to cheat. If you're not cheating, you're not cheating. trying. That's basically how I've been living for a while now. Not cheating. Not Is trying. this an admission? <laughs> Tell us no. more. <laughs> I, I I don't. I wish I knew anything about like if I was ever accused of cheating i would just be like i i wouldn't be able to pull it off i don't think that would just be the, the my main argument it's like i don't know how to do any of this stuff <clears throat> but anyway mod mod time kirk hey what is mod to you maximum available under duress is what would mod it, is isn't it self-explanatory it seems like it says what, it all right right there what, what mod i don't know why you're asking me because this is bracken's child but uh, mod is your ability to sustain uh, your speed while compromised. So mod would be um, your ability to keep running well, even when uh, things are trying to slow you down. Non-running things are trying to slow you down. So um, your ability, yeah, to keep to keep plugging along at close to your maximum speed, even though there's shit getting in the way. That's what mod is. How would you differentiate that from compromise running? Back in. 
Bracken's muted himself oh, once again. <laughs> we had some bass bumping coming by. Mod is simply the <clears throat> the scoring system for compromised running. Compromised running is the concept. Mod is the actual statistic. Mm. It's like win over replacement. How does that work into MVP? We know what the MVP is, but win over replacement is a way of quantifying. Mod quantifies how good you are at compromise running. So the theoretical max would be 100%. So we're looking at, you know, 80, 90%, whatever that might be. That's kind of the way that you'd define it. The max, yes, but I don't even know if that would be a, an ideal mod score because it means you're undeveloped as a runner. Mm, true right like where where is it and is it going to be percentage based right does it have to be what your ocr time mm. is versus your road running time percentage wise or is there a way that we can score it uh with other some other type of value or does it always have to be compared to how well you could run without anything in the way as the person who put no thought into it when it came out of my mouth, I feel like I'm most qualified <laughs> to speak on the intricacies of the system. And I would say that it has to be only against you and your metrics to be your mod score. For example, if Jack Bauer and I were in a race and I have a faster 5K and he beats me in the race, he doesn't get a better mod score for the day. Like The other people in the race have no bearing on your mod score. 18th place could have the best mod. It's it's like saying VO2 max. It is a metric based on you personally and not the people around you. Your performance data, that ranking, the old Robert Coble, uh, Austin Azar had the best performance at Tahoe with a 97.8 because he came in ranked 48th and took ninth. That's, that is a performance based on others. This is not that. This is you in a vacuum versus you with the vacuum removed. What is that correlation? The tricky thing with it is going to be um, choosing the metrics to objectify this, correct? Correct. Because we want to be as close as possible. So considering this is so well thought out on your end, mm. what are these metrics that you've uh, put into the formula back in? Oh, let's see here. <laughs> Check the notes. Well, copious notes from the last episode. So not going to help me at all. <laughs> I, I think the most common, easily accessible versions are either to go off 5K race PR or to go off of some sort of scientific testing like a VO2 max, knowing what your lactate threshold is, knowing what your VO2 max pace is, knowing what those kind of things are, you can start to work with a mod. So the everyman's mod score is a correlation to your 5K. But if you knew lactate threshold or VO2 max, that would be interesting because then you could see how does that change under duress? Who can run at lactate threshold? when other pieces are in play and it doesn't impact their lactate threshold. But I think 5k is the universal equalizer because it costs nothing to do. Now are so you yeah, Jack, I was going to ask as someone who's going to be definitely dealing with this and putting it all together. Eventually, what do you, what do you want to see? Like what kind of numbers for a brain like yours makes sense to, well, to put in a mind? Just to kind of add on to what Bracken said, you said your 5K PR. So is Ryan Woods stuck with a 1350 comparison his entire career, or is this current fitness? Because I, that's kind of like, it, is VJ going to be 1604 like he ran at Carlsbad? Uh, is Mark Batchers going to be 1526, or is he going to be the mid 14 guy? Like, we need to establish what your compare or your comparisons made against. Well, I think that the only way to be an objective coach, statistician, commentator, or human is to work with 
people in the moment. We can't we can't rely on who you were because that's not who you are. Then you're working with false data. So yeah, it has to be the most current version of yourself, which is inherently tricky, but it also skews your mod score. Because if you were a 1351 guy and you race at 540 pace, you're not very good at mod. But then when Woods became a 1520 guy and races at 520 pace, his mod's exponentially better. So if you choose the wrong snapshot in time, the stat becomes meaningless. So I, it's like judging Tom Brady off his combine photo. You know, it doesn't really, you wouldn't say that that guy could marry Giselle, but that's not the, that's not when she met him. There is no correlation there. His mod is a hundred percent, no matter what he's, what he's playing. The man out kicks every coverage known to man. Unbelievable. So are we saying within six months, you're like PR, like how long of a distance is there to say like, oh, I ran 15 flat a year ago, but like right now, like how much of a space do you need? to have to go off of the mod. I think six is reasonable. Don't you? Because not everybody's time trialing. It's hard to gather data. If we're going to objectify this, Jack is going to have to scrape the barrel on this one to figure it out anyways. Right. So I think six months, give us a window to work with for the sake of data. Right. Right. Jack. What do you need, Jack? I'm just thinking it would be ideal to treat it like, Oh, this season, but our season is not like track or cross country where, you just have these nice chunks where everyone knows how long it is. Ours, ours are anywhere from nine to 11 months. Mm-hmm. So you can't say this season. It's I think six months is a safe bet. Everyone's going to do a 5K time trial at some point. It's just kind of that universal metric. Um, so six months sounds good. Well, and I think this highlights the, the difference that there are going to be two types of mod scores. There's going to be the public perception mod score that people talk about when commentating races or when talking about their competitors where, hey, I know that that Mark Botris ran 1509 on the track when he did a time trial a year ago. So if he's a 1509 guy and he's racing at 511 pace right now, here's his mod score. And then there's going to be the mod score that's actionable behind the scenes with Mark and his coach, which is himself and his wife or with, uh, let's say vj jones and rich diaz they're going to have their actionable mod score and then there's going to be the public consumption Mm -hmm. mod score which is always going to be a little bit more generalized as Mm -hmm. many stats are statisticians all the time will refer commentators to stats from a year ago you know aaron Rodgers had a a 112 quarterback rating last year and he's the most accurate quarterback in the league despite the fact that maybe last week he went 12 for for 32 on passes and threw a pick you know so there are the people that in the film session are going to break down you're not very accurate this week we need to work on your mechanics but the people who are going to take the broad picture approach and i think that's important to remember that ideally people are time trialing all the time Kirk and I are big advocates of the 5K time trial. And I know that when I'm fit, if I time trial in X range, it means I'm in Y range for a 5K all out. So you can, you should be time trialing. So you're always aware of what your theoretical current PR is. And then you can mod it up. So even if, um, so even if we have no data... Is that a word? We're going to perform a modit. Modit. <laughs> Trademark that one too, Bracken. So what do we want to do then? If we're just going to lay out the fundamentals here, what do we want to do with people who we have no idea? Like I haven't time trialed in longer than I'd like to admit, for example. What are you you had do a 9062 mile recently, Kirk. So I think <laughs> My mod score is like one. If that <laughs> <case>. <laughs> we have that- to take the best available data. All right. I think there should be like an international mod day twice a year. Everybody just hits us with a 5K 
on the first, like on June first, tomorrow. The day after Murph. The day after Murph. Yeah. <laughs> okay. June fifteenth and January fifteenth, International Mod Day. So yeah. we have, so we have this data. Well, again, not to come back too much to us, but Kirk and I often advocate with you start and you finish a training block with a five k solo time trial. Cause you got to know where to start with effort and pace wise. And it's a really good scare tactic to, Oh, I got to get cruising. And then I like like seven to, to 10 days out doing a solo 5k time trial is something to remind you how far you've come and how much racing still is going to hurt. Even if you feel fit, but that right there shows you in the moment snapshots of your mod and you always know exactly where you're at. So if we could just get everyone to do something like that, we could, a lot of people would say do a mile or a 10 minute time trial or something that's a little easier, but I feel like 5k is the lowest you can go so that the distance runners still can show off how much wheels they have. And the farthest you can go before the short fast twitch guys can still extend up and not skew their times. If you get a fast twitch guy doing a mile, it doesn't really show their marathon potential. You do a marathon guy doing a mile. It doesn't show anything. I think 5k is the meeting ground. Yeah. And even if they're, even if we went up to like 10 K or something like that, then there's a bit of a uh, necessary required amount of volume that a runner needs to put in, you know, even though it's just six miles, you still need to have a good base to train there. I think five K's and and the shorter ones are harder or much easier to screw up. It's mm. really easy to screw up a mile. Speaking of, you guys see Nick Riker dropping sub four twenty? Did he message all of us? Yeah. Oh yeah. I Did you guys I, all get a DM from him? Oh, he goes right to my text. Yeah, he just text, text inbox. Yeah. Was this a net downhill or was this legit flat? Downhill at 300, then evens out. He went out okay. in 57. So that, there's your answer on if it, there's a little bit of a. He doubt. said he had a, a tailwind and he decided to send it. And he came through in 202. <laughs> yeah. And he said, I, Do you think I could break two in the eight? <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. I don't know, though. It's downhill. Like, I, I, I asked him, I was like, Is that your PR? He's like, yeah, pretty much for for a half. Did you see the tenths? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, so I have a question on this. Bracket chip time for nineteen ninety nine. Insane. So so he and, I go, were, he and I were talking about this. Bracken, I think you might be the expert on this. Do you think genuinely that being bald helped him get that point zero one second of advantage for like wind resistance and everything to help him break four twenty? I would say that with a tailwind, it might've even hurt. Really? Yeah. It doesn't, it, there's nothing, there's less to grab onto. (laughs) He was wearing loose shorts though. Those act like a little bit of a sales. The thing about being bald is that as good as it is for off gassing your heat and cooling and being aerodynamic, you over, you mentally overheat faster because it feels so hot on your head. Huh. So that's the piece that people forget about is when you're standing there before the race, you're just like, I'm cooking, I'm frying right now. So there's, I think there's some give and take there. Okay. Need like a pre-race hat with like the umbrella on it. I think the quarter inch buzz cut is the the fastest haircut in terms of all things. Mullet was proven to be, you guys saw that study, right? That, yeah, was, that it was, was proven in a lab, right? You with your hat on is the fastest hair. There it is. Forward or backwards. Yeah. Backwards. What do we think about um, including a comparable, like a 15-15 test or something? Or is that irrelevant when it comes to mod? 
good question. Do you guys have a translation for 1515 into a 5K? Like if you did a 1.51, that's equal to like a 16 flat or something. It's like treadmill that. based. There, it's yeah. so variable. You can hit like a 1.5 on one of them, a 1.4 on a different, a 1.6 on another. Like it's too variable. Even if Toss even it. if you had exactly equivalent treadmills, there is no the correlation is. 5k to vo2 max and treadmill challenge to vo2 max i think vo2 max can be predicted by either one but foot speed cannot i mean matt novakovich got he claimed one nine one nine one and i think his 5k pr is 1550 wild you know like absolute monsters uphill sage i think got one nine something and <clears throat> he's a he's a 216 guy i would imagine that you would put someone who could run 210 might get one seven five their first attempt or two if they never run uphill it's just too engine based it has nothing to do with turnover yeah okay that's uh, my take kirk do you think you can predict 5k off a treadmill challenge mm, i mean it gets you in the ballpark but the ballpark doesn't really cut it like in the ballpark meaning like 30 seconds one way or the other which is a minute window which i don't think really cuts it but i still think like isn't i mean engine is part of a 5k right it is. engine is also part of the 1515 i'm just just throwing it out there we're just chit-chatting it out i now that i've thought about this a little bit more i do think that you cannot i still don't think you can guess your 5k speed off of the treadmill challenge but i would wager that anyone who can hit an acceptable treadmill challenge score has enough speed to be good at ocr well yeah because it's the the Bar is very low for speed and OCR. It's kind of what we were talking about before, right? It's like, yeah. So I would agree with that. Just think like 12 minutes into the treadmill challenge versus like 12 minutes into a 5K. That it feels the same. I think it feels the same. Identical. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, Jack. And I was going to go there, but we're tossing that one out for the sake of this. So right now we have, you have a 5K within the last six months, potentially international mod day is something that will help us figure this out. I have another else. another question for you, just on this five k thing. So, how often do we actually hit five k pace in races? Not often. Do you think a ten k might be a little bit more appropriate? Well, as the patron saying a mod, I just don't think that ten ks are realistic time trials. Mm-hmm. I think when you want to start talking paces, because mods not about your pace as much as it is. Mods the mods the score for your pace. It's not about predicting anything. The 10K versus 5K is about prediction. And I think 10K pace is much closer to OCR race pace, but that's not the, the goal of the test. So while the 10K would be better for prediction, it's too hard to nail. It's too long to run solo mm-hmm. consistently. It's hard to get up for that and do well the whole time. A 5K is miserable, but you could repeat a 5K every month if you had to. And you could still get up for each one well enough that you could run it well. I think there's just like there's too much variance in a mile. There's too much variance if you get too long. And ultimately, we're we're trying to find out what a person's highest end potential as a runner is during these tests, where the the 10K might miss miss that mark because of how long it is and how inconsistent it it can be. But when I talk OCR race pace, 10K is the high end of what I believe I race at. So I think you are correct in that vein. I just, it's so hard to run a 10K time trial with any amount of repetition. Yeah. 
So can we can we pick a couple of holes in this? Because I think this is fun. Please. Oh, yeah. So, well, I know you're going to have all the answers, Bracken. This is scientific. Uh, we we got to go well, through the process. Wait, so I'm sure, Rich, you have your line of questioning, but oh, there you go. All right. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> now he has the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So then what we run into here, so we've decided that the 5K is the objective measure, right? Like we're just going to use that. I think that's fair. But then we have, okay, how do we, then the other side of the coin is then translating results on course Mm. from hybrid racing to flat racing to mountain racing, and which you can't really translate a 5K time trial to, but because you can't yet, like where are we, how are we going to dissect the other side of the coin now? Mm. What's the other number, right? We have one number. What's the other one? What do we do with that? I think the the simplest, the lowest common denominator is flat to flat. When you hit a flat section, what pace are you running? When you come off a wall and you got a quarter mile flat run until the next one, what pace are you hitting? When you drop the bucket, what pace do you get into? And I think there is some need in there, Jack, for a what we would call the turbo leg. When you start spooling up a turbo, it takes a little bit to kick in. It's not a supercharger where the energy is available when you step on the gas. There's some turbo leg on that. So there, what is your mod leg? Like if you if you have a 0.90 mod, you're running at 90% of your 5K. That's what you're you're getting to. But how long does it take you to get there? I think that has to factor into the equation as well. But simple simple terms are flat ground to flat ground, which then then you start running into the same issue that power meters with running run into, which is not all flat ground is equal. Mm -hmm. And what really is flat is, is flat for us 2% incline. And how does that decay our speed and flat mud versus flat cornfield versus flat gravel versus flat Texas grass versus Florida. It's all different. So there's always going to be a bit, there's going to be a plus minus in there. You're going to know that there is a standard error range built in but kirk i think that's the that's a really good question that we have to start with is what where do you even look to choose what your mod comparison is so are we basically ignoring atkins and emma and vj people who get off an obstacle and just they're right up to speed within four steps we're saying maybe 10 seconds after an obstacle or that that's when you get up but if if it takes you that long you might not actually be as good of a compromised runner yeah, I think there is a mod score, which is probably your average across your flats. And then there is something, and, and I, I pose this to the panel, another score for your turbo leg. How long does it take you to spool up before you're there? This is hmm. going to get complicated. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I'm just like, I don't really <laughs> want to run the numbers anymore. What, what we do is we go back to the running public burpee 10K. And we start dissecting Rich Ryan splits, Mark Goddett splits. We could get a percentage behind pace on average. We could project that out to others. Hmm. We could could could, have a testing period. I'll say this. Yeah. The numbers would say it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get up there. Because if you get right to 520 pace or you start at 540 and get to five flat before spooling down, it's a zero sum game. You know, you're coming out to the same thing anyways. They are going to be the same. Where in the middle of a race, there is a push and pull, the exchange of energy, your morale is going to drop if you're getting gapped right off the obstacle. But in theory, if you stay on it mentally, your strategy does not affect mod. 
if you build into it or get right to it, it doesn't affect your average pace. And I think that might be important if we want to keep Maud a standalone creature. I, I think we actually have a pretty good data set without even realizing it. Deca and High Rocks, we've got essentially flat 500 or 1,000 meter loops that are you do 10 times in a race and you can kind of you add them up you get an 8k or a 5k and that's pretty consistent yeah and that was something i wanted to talk about like is there a different score is there a hybrid mod versus an ocr mod because like the demands are going to be a little bit different and a lot of it's going to be kind of terrain based um if you add it up though like getting off the air bike versus doing some sit-ups you're going to feel different heading into that next run but if you take the whole all all 10 legs of it that's where kind of things average themselves out so i like the idea of the flat to flat but it does make for complications in terms of like how to decide like we're looking at strava segments maybe then uh and trying to see where that is it, it and and jack made this question for you is it better to have an average across an average time across like 10 different races before you can qualify for a mod score like five this maybe not 10 three to five so that we can have uh some sort of cumulative idea as opposed to like what your flat was like um and that that's another part with the flats like is it in the beginning of the race or does it have to be at the back half of the race like where does the mod really kind of kick in? yeah and and do we kind of if we were looking at strava for for someone during a race like at slow you can kind of eliminate the last couple miles because that's where the hills sort of started but you've got a pretty good segment where it was flat for three four miles or so then it's like what do you do do you ignore when people are on obstacles anytime there's a big dip in your speed you just assume that you're on a bucket carry or on an obstacle or something do you just eliminate that and only look at the three quarters of the race where you're not doing something so so it gets really tricky well, I don't think there's room for assumptions. You have to overlay the course map onto your Strava data and, and analyze. We ran here, here, here. These are our six data points and we choose it. And I am the believer that you do not get to count mile one. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think you have to throw that off. But even if it's a two and a half mile open stretch, you don't get to start counting mod until you've hit your first, uh, to use Conor McGregor's term, the gas tank dagger. No, those are daggers to your gas tank. And that's when you get to start seeing who mod is. You don't get to use just because it's OCR or compromised or hybrid racing. You don't get to score it until it becomes compromised. Here's the thing. This is great. In theory, I think that um, in future races, like today, I thought we were just going to sit here and bullshit and project, which I think we're probably going to end up doing, right? Like who has the best mod scores just off of like Mm -hmm. theory, maybe. But I think in the future, just, I would love to see on Strava, like mod segment one, mod segment two, Mm. mod segment three, like all the open stretches are running. Once we get on some flat courses, be able to split that data up. What do you think? I support it. Would, that, and, would you and, be a proud father that way, Bracken, seeing that popping up? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I think it's us, right? Just because I said maximum available under duress, that would have flown right by me had someone not said, was that you, Kirk, said that acronym is mod? Who was Rich. It? Who was Rich? It? Yeah. yeah, I was spelling like, I was like, this is hilarious. And Jack, I thought, <laughs> asked the question. Like, it, it, it was a team thing. Yeah. We've been, we've been talking. We, 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 we had, I think from the first episode, we were like, we need to figure out a term. And then- we figured it out together. Yep. So. I feel like I'm the Winklevoss twins and you guys are about to, to Zuckerberg me here. Because, <laughs> yeah, I said it, but I didn't know what to do with it where I see wheels spinning. So one thing now talking about it, is this strictly a running 
uh, metric because we're talking about flat versus flat or does it like your ability to go in through the, in and out of the obstacles like We'll talk about VJ. He's probably going to have one of the best mod scores, I'd imagine. But maybe not if it's just the running to running. But if you include like the bucket carry and the monkey bars and just and make it the percentage is just going to be much different. It'd be like, mm. okay, a good mod score is now fifty four as opposed to ninety. Like it'd be impossible to get there. Do you know? What, do you know what I mean? Like, is do we want to include how it is in the obstacles or is it just a running metric? Well, Spartan standardized, so you you know you're going to hit the same thing every race. I think it should be part of it. No. Yeah. Why not? If you include the obstacles, then you just take finish time and say VJ and Ryan Atkins have the best mod. I, that's well, not necessarily. Well, maybe right? they do. Well, there are some fantastic compromised runners who are just not good at the other pieces. Sure. But they hit the but, ground and they fly. <clears throat> and you and I look at them and think, how are you such a good compromised runner? But you're actually not good at obstacles. But their their baseline five k they we're comparing to is going to be faster than someone who's back of the pack who's good for their ability level but just not fast. I'm going to give you an example, and this doesn't reflect on what I just say about people being bad at obstacles. But uh, Forrest Bogue, Forrest Bogue's a really good compromised runner, but he hasn't yet had his breakthrough moment. But there are times where you watch him during a race and he is just flying after obstacles. They don't cost him much. But he is not a sub-16 5K guy. So he would have a fantastic mod score, but he wouldn't show up on the heavy carries. He wouldn't show up on a lot of these, these sections. His downhills aren't typically as strong. His 5K is not going to be top 15 in the field, but his compromise running is very high end. He, he keeps a high mod score. So someone like that wouldn't really abide by any of these theoretical rules we have i think the only way we can look at it is flat to flat because if you count the bucket now you're you're talking skill the skill of doing a bucket should not impact how we consider mod the mod the mod scores your under duress the bucket is the duress but you're still moving under under the duress i guess kirk kirk where's your where are you falling on this with like running metric alone or entire obstacle me- obstacle racing metric against your running? I think you should have both. I think you can easily do the entire lump sum of a flat-ish race. And then I think you could have like, you know, there's different systems for everything. I think you could dissect it, some total race. And then you could also do like mod segments one, two, and three and just dissect the running. I bet you they're going to line up pretty close. I'd almost guarantee it. But I think you could do both. It'd be easy to do the first one. You just take the end result of the race and you compare it to their 5K time, average the pace out, and here you go. So I think we could test them both out. What do you think? We're not, there's no rules yet. Not yet. Right, Jack? I agree. We're we're hypothesizing at this point. I I think this is an obstacle race, so we need to include obstacles. I I think that it it would be kind of cool to be able to, because no one's going to, very few people are going to have a way of doing a 5K time trial at, 5% 5% and then redoing it at 10% like non-treadmill included. You, most people just don't have the terrain for something like that, but we might be able to find like the average grade of this course was blank percent. And now we have a ratio of what their flat is versus their finishing time here. And then we can kind of calibrate it a little bit. I'm, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but I think that there would be ways to kind of compare hilly courses versus flat courses just based on like, Oh, for every thousand feet, that you guys climb now you just 
multiply your score by 1.2 or something like like we come up with a number like that yeah we would not you we well, i think i think we're confusing mod with obstacle potential or obstacle course racing ability mod is not sports specific mod mm-hmm. is how fast do i run when i'm fatigued from the external demands of a sport so triathletes could have a mod how their marathon that they finish their ironman is compared to what they can do a 5k or a regular marathon. What you're talking about is what do my running metrics, what do they predict I could do in OCR versus what I actually do? And that is, that's, that's not really a a percentage of anything. That's just saying I'm a 1450 guy and I took fifth in the race. We're trying to make this a test basically. Great. Well, then if you're going to make it a test, wouldn't it be well, then you do your 5K time trial. We have International Mod Day, and International Mod Day is where you have every quarter mile or every half mile, you have a standardized thing to put you under duress, whether it's 15 burpees or Ooh, a mod test. A mod test <laughs> where we where we mod test you, and then all you do is accumulate your runtime, and you say, okay, well, I am X percentage behind my 5K PR, and here is my mod score. You could easily just ask that of everybody, but of course, getting... Uh, buy-in is going to be tough, but that would be the ideal way to do it, wouldn't it? Didn't we talk about having uh, everyone do a 5K at last episode? I think we just need to change that to mod day. Be back-to-back races could be a weekend. Yeah. What would you include in a mod test? Like if you were to just take a 5K, let's say every quarter to half mile, maybe 600 meters might be ideal. Like what would be the the duress you would put in there? How would you I'm really that? glad you asked because... I've thought this through for years for coaching, which is how do you come up with a test that accurately scores how you've progressed as a compromised runner? Because I didn't know who mod was just as a compromised runner. How do you test that? But inherently it's flawed because you're going to improve at your efficiency on any given skill. So what I've come down to is that instead of burpee 10 K, it has to be more like OCR 400 style where the stimulus changes each round. I agree. And I think you need to have 400 might be too short to truly test mod, but it's got to be somewhere between 400 and 800 meters. And you have to have, I would say at least four to five different skills. And I would ideally, I would have eight by 800 or something like that in four skills and you do it twice. So you have to hit the skill under more duress as well. You can't just like get my burpees out of the way and then get my lunges. I'd like the full body fatigue to happen, but enough different skills in play that you can't just get really good at running after burpees and say, I'm great at mod. So because you'd want more than a 5k distance. Are you talking 16 by 800 then? It, it, maybe it's eight. Maybe it's no, no, no. Four by eight twice. Oh, oh. okay. That's, I was like. Mm-hmm. That's eight by eight hundred. I thought you said eight by eight hundred twice. Yeah. I was like, "Geez, no, I gotta no, no. start training." I feel like six hundred. I think six hundred meters seems a little more reasonable, don't six, you? Six, I agree, is the best distance, but it makes it less likely that people will complete the test correctly because they are going to want a staging area, and it's easy to do a lap. But yes, I think six hundred is a great duration because, and I even going back to just overall training theory, I think in between distance intervals are better than mm-hmm. one lap, half lap, two lap. I think that 300s, 500s, 600s, 1000s are inherently better for you because you can't fudge your pacing. Mm. I, I think either eight by 600 with a 200 just just at the end, just sprint it in or five by a thousand. That'd be mine. 
just add up to 5k with 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 stuff involved like 10 burpee broad jumps and then every five push up like you have to you can't just hammer the legs only because some things are not leg based for I would vouch for something overhead too, because that yeah, puts yeah. people under a lot of duress, me especially before I started practicing it. But that then logistically you start getting complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have a single leg output, a double leg output. You've got to have a push output and overhead. And then you've got to have one or two things that requires you to move right. up and down in planes and engage the whole body. Some sort okay. of like broad jump or something. Yeah. It could be, it could be walking lunges, tuck jumps or box jumps. It yeah. could be burpee broad jumps. It could be ram burpees. It could be thrusters, pull-ups, whatever it is, standardize that test. And it's almost like the army fitness test, but it's for mod, the mod test. And I think you could come up with one that's accessible to everyone that tests the most common demands of OCR. And you could have a hybrid racing one if you want, or you could include hybrid racing into it since I think part of OCR is that it is unfair. Everyone's always going to hit something and be like, well, that wasn't fair. That was just a heavy carry or that plate drake was way too heavy. I don't think it's bad to have partial hybrid and partial OCR in the mod test. Mm-hmm. Now, when planning this, are we trying to hit a, a certain time? Like we want your total duration of this test. If you're a 16 minute person to be 20 minutes. So four minutes worth of movement or would three minutes be more per- like, how are we going to design this? Cause that's going to severely affect your, your mod score and of course the uh intensity in which they're performing their duress yeah. uh, makes a difference so it all have to be factored in yeah i could milk my burpees and run faster of course i could i sure. think the best way to do it is to keep the stations shorter so that you have to improve your run and if you do get better at the stations because there's such a variety that's okay because that'll translate to race day but i don't want it to be where you can go from 90 seconds on a station down to 40 because that's that's a whole nother story well i think this is where we're getting stuck is like is it just running and you're running after the the stations or should the stations count toward mod where like if you improve your a carry like a 200 like a 400 meter carry by 25 seconds like should your mod be better even though it's not the running part like i think that's i'll get like that's where i'll keep getting hung up on just think of how we're describing this we're describing this as running with stations that that's not just running so i think you have to include the obstacles for a comparison there's going to be no. too much subjectivity though yeah. if, to the intensity of the stations unless we can somehow segment that that's the tricky part right um, so what's your answer to that bracken because i know you don't like that i like you want to keep the running separate like how would you officiate the uh d- duress i'm a little less concerned on that i mean i think it that's the second part you have to address i think the part i'm concerned with is that we confuse obstacle racing with being good at mod. But I don't want people to confuse that. Being good at obstacles, when we talked mod, we were talking about how people's running speed degrades when they're fatigued and why 5K does or doesn't matter. We're not talking how good you are at the sport of OCR. We're just saying how their running translates because there's some guys like VJ who can just run under duress, he talked about how he actually recovers on obstacles and his running can just be fast. So, because once you start doing that, then you almost have to take into account another score, which is how much does the obstacle deplete you? 
And now there's too many moving pieces. Like Maud, in theory, as she was first spoken about, was just how good do you run? And that's it. And so with the with the test, maybe it's a you have 30 seconds of work. Now that opens up another can of worms with what if you dog the work with your intensity, but, right? Like there would have to be some have some integrity. Just some there'd have do to that. be some protocol where you work for X amount of time and you run and you're scored on that. I, and then I you have work an idea. and then you run and you're scored on that. I have an idea and it's one of the workout. I think it was called the grind. Do you remember you had to do seven burpees and then yes. whatever rest you had until 30 seconds, like mm. that could kind of modify it. Like you do it fast, you Smart might get a few jack. seconds rest, but if not, it, it, like it's going to hurt, but, it, but you have to do a minimum standard of work. Yeah. You got 30 jump lunges and you have 40 seconds to complete yeah. them and you buy yourself 10 seconds of rest if you're done quickly. And that's what I'm torn on is do you allow people to scale their work in order to make the run honest? So let, let's say that you just had to complete 30 reps of, of, let's say you had to do 20 burpees and then you could move on. Or it was you had 20 seconds of burpees and then you move to the run. Well, if you continually get better at your run, maybe it's because you're getting better at burpees and then you get more rest time. So in theory, you'd have to move it to 25 burpees in 20 seconds in order to come off as depleted because a truly performance-oriented oriented athlete would want to come off equally destroyed every time in order to see how their mod improves. So how do you ensure that that happens? I don't know. So if so, say that example, if you were to get better at burpees, right, it would be less taxing. You have 30 to do it on an obstacle or whatever. Wouldn't the person who is better at burpees by like just naturally have a better mod once they hit a flat section because it will be less depleted. Yes. But that doesn't help them being better at mod doesn't help them in training. Part of what mod score would do is allow you to train your weaknesses or progress in training. So like, let's say Isaiah Vidal, for example, he's probably the best at burpees I've ever seen in my life. He could do a burpee per second about as long as you wanted him to. So doing 20 burpees in 20 seconds he would have a ton of rest in there. He could probably get done in 14 seconds and rest six. So he, in order to judge how much better he's getting at compromised running, would have to wait his burpees or do 25 burpees in the same time it took me to do 18 in order to come off equally depleted so that we could judge how our running's progressing. Uh, this, is, this is the issue with mod. This is the issue with mod. This is what I keep bumping. And that just seems, I'm, now I'm thinking like what's usable. Like that seems hard to use. Here's what my take is. I've gone through all this in circles in my head for almost a decade of trying to figure it out. I believe on a long enough time scale, it's a perfect test no matter how you set it up because you will stop improving on the stations at some point. And then you'll get worse at the stations if you stop working on that skill. And then you'll get better after a while, but eventually you'll get, you can only get so much better at lunges or burpees or overhead or thrusters or whatever it is. You're going to have a learning curve where you're going to get better a few times, but eventually it's going to stop. So your mod's going to fluctuate for six to nine months or whatever it is as your skill on the stations increases. And then eventually it's going to pretty much stagnate. It's not going to get easier every single time. You're not going to gain time every single time. I mean, as someone who's trained for Decker or High Rocks, you know, eventually the stations just don't get any easier or faster. It's what you can do in between. Mm -hmm. So if you do the mod test enough, it almost doesn't matter where you start. 
if you try to build the perfect test for test one, two, and three, it's a losing game. If you want a test that will work for 10 years, I think it's a little simpler. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of like if you're on the rower where you're like, I could row faster than a 140, but it's, uh, you know, are those two seconds that I might improve during a race really worth it? Like, you're, you're going to reach the point where the the uh, return on investment isn't worth it. So the easiest thing to do, I think, is that when you complete your mod test, you hit split on your watch every time you stop and start anything. So you're going to have your station score at the end and you're going to have your running score and you have your mod as a whole, and you have your running. And anyone worth anything as an athlete or a coach is going to be able to look at it and be like, well, I got 14 seconds faster, and it was all on stations. So I'm a better overall OCR runner, but mod didn't really improve. Other than that, I can still run the same times when I work a little harder. So I have gotten a little bit better at mod. So every time you take splits, I think it just it eliminates all the issues. Yeah. I it's think a three-part I- mod score really off the mod test. This is something we're going to have to put some brain power into off mic, I think, and then come back with our proposals. I think we could split hairs for the next hour if we wanted to, but I think for the sake of this conversation, right, don't we only go off of current results and current known 5k times and keep it as simple as we started. And then we can really get nerdy with this once Jack gets back to his calculator. I mean, isn't that probably how we should handle this? Only Here's Excel. What, okay. Excel, Excel, whatever it is. In a perfect world, I would have a hand erg, a pedal erg, and then the salt bike. <clears throat> and I would do three rounds of that with 600 meters in between. Uh, the hand erg, yeah. Blow out the legs, <laughs> blow out the arms. You ever have to do that in college? We did that. Our human health and performance department was always doing their graduate studies and they it was one of the, the things they would do to have you put out wattage for X amount of time. And then they test it versus blood restriction or other things. And the, the distance guys would always, were always up for anything. So we were oftentimes the, the lab rats for that. That thing's miserable, but upper body in a vacuum, lower body in a vacuum, push and pull upper body and lower in a vacuum. You do that three times. You can't fake any of that thing. You get to track your wattage on all three. You do it for what? 10 or 15 seconds hard and then run so onto a treadmill you'd have a mask on you'd be checking all the gas exchange the whole time like in a lab you could have a pretty awesome sterile mod score but no, we'd but have I, to have the every man's mod score yeah that's a thing Test, here's, not what scoring test. here's what i think nobody knows what the hell is going on with jack's yancey camp formula it's all this crazy voodoo and now we just trust jack right we trust that jack's calculations are fair sound and and show us the the right person for unless you're dylan scott yeah (laughs) so can't we just put all of our faith into our true beloved ginger to go back do his voodoo let him figure it out we take the easy road all the credit for it figure it out and let jack just do what jack does and then (laughs) trust it this is 60 minutes to just convince Jack to do this by himself. I mean, I'm comfortable with that. That's how much faith I have in you, Jack. What, do you what are the three of us going to do? We're going to try to design. Our bias is always going to be designing a great workout. Mm-hmm. And so we could identify components that need to be there. And maybe Jack can identify how to make this a repeatable, trusted yeah test maybe we all four submit our best and jack combines it and i bet there's some some listeners out there right now who are like 
these guys are idiots. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think that's what it is right now. Thinking that. That's probably fair to say most episodes, but this time someone's probably got a very clear, hey guys, this is real easy to solve. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I think you guys can send me some Strava segments on what you think are reliable date, like races and performances. I can chop it up and try to look at it. I think it's important to note that mod is only applicable on runnable terrain. Yeah. So we would only be looking at the Jacksonvilles, the Austins, the Slows, the Alabama, the, the courses that apply to what we're trying to judge. Judging Lars Arneson's mod isn't super applicable. You would have to do a 15-15 test and then judge how they did on climbs in comparison, but it would really be a ratio of you against kind of setting the scale or setting the curve for the mm -hmm. rest of the, the field. You could have a comparison of those based on Strava segment climbs and descents, but in terms of mod herself, it's going to have to be only certain course are even, courses are going to be mod eligible. And then you're going to have to uh, know the nuances of the race itself because, well, you got to miss spear throw and slow by a handful of athletes and what the heck do you do with that you have a terrible mod score do you factor that in or do you not that's really the only asterisks well, would, would be. it would that matter i don't know if you I don't count the burpees time the run after is a true depiction of mod yeah. it's just so such mod it, score it, sucked and slow <laughs> that's Man. true though that's just where have I to be an asterisk yeah. a mod asterisk of of burpees yeah yeah, and I keep coming back to two things. Like, should this be a collection of data, like we mentioned before, so that it can kind of have a standard deviation, if I use that term correct, Jack? Of course. Thank you. Uh, or, and, or does, like, again, just that thing I keep getting, it's like, does the obstacle race happen? Because I'm thinking from my own personal, if I did this mod test, I'm going to smash it. But then if it was on an OCR in an, on terrain or something, like, I wouldn't. So I guess it would be able mm. to figure out like, okay, now I need, I know now that I need to work on skill on terrain and obstacles versus uh, like the actual compromise running. So I guess that's a way to kind of split it out, but that's that might be mods benefit to someone like you is right. to say my mods fine. I've got to dig into the skill now. Mm. It's my terrain. Right. And that, well, we, so, we know that with you, though, don't we? <laughs> that we don't need to do the test. <laughs> I think no need for a test. We don't but you could test. then repeat your mod test and your baseline. You could have a a broken terrain 5K time trial and a mod score and look at it there. You might find out that you're not terrible on broken terrain. You're, let's say that you run 1450 on the roads, and then you run a pretty nasty cross-country course and run... 1550 you've lost a minute but you do mod score on the road versus mod score on that same cross-country course and now you've got a 90 second discrepancy you might find something out about yourself it's not applicable to everyone but if the test is standardized enough you can plunk it onto any terrain should and there be a hybrid mod and a is, is that the, is that the same as your trail or you know terrain mod you'd have to have mod and mod heavy i believe so would have to mod if I fire big mod. <laughs> yeah, I I do I do think that that there would have to be a hybrid mod. I think so too. But Deca is not high rocks. Hmm. So Deca's probably closer to stadium. 
mm-hmm. you know, so you, you might have to be able to, yeah, there might have to be three mod tests, but that's okay. The, du- the durations wouldn't have to change. It could always be 600 meter runs. It's just weighting the exercises heavier. Am I the only one who got into this conversation thinking we were just going to make jokes and bullshit about this the whole time? And here we are taking this super seriously. Really I, keep, I keep stepping back and chuckling in my head about how seriously we're taking this. We're figuring out mod today, Kirk. I, I understand that now. I thought <laughs> this we were shooting one-liners for an hour. and then going on with our day. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a nonsense session, but this is like if there were security cams in Steve Jobs' garage. Or in Bill Gates' garage back in the day. This is, you guys are all getting an insight into groundbreaking, humanity shaping work. Exactly. Paid conversation that people are listening to. This is going to be our contribution to this. Once we leave, we'll have this episode to point at, Kurt. So so one other thing, this kind of reiterates why it's so important for there to be more timing mats and places on course, because you can actually break down that data like uh, i think at tahoe a couple of years ago there were four or five timing mats in a two and a half hour world championship level race mm-hmm. like that that's ridiculous you don't get to break things down because of it just think of how much how much we could go back in time and figure things out if we actually had the timing mats a long time ago it now seems like a galaxy far away but spartan race used to do cool things and one of them was they were partnered with TomTom Tom, and TomTom Tom gave watches out to anyone they thought were contenders at the start line. Hmm. And you wore it with their with their heart rate monitor on. And TomTom Tom had a decent heart rate monitor. It wasn't great, but then after the race, they'd bring you all into the tent and you gave the devices back and they plugged it in and they showed everyone their heart rate data throughout the entire race. And then they'd use it on the broadcast. They'd flash up what whoever was on screen, what their heart rate was at that moment. It was way it, off though. That show like low all the time people. Yeah. They, it was terrible on the show, but it was yeah. a cool idea. But in the tent after Breckenridge, I was sitting there with Hobie, Cody, myself, KK Paul, and I'm forgetting who else was there. And we're looking at our data and all of us, we had this big climb, big descent, halfway, three quarters of the way down the descent. We did a bucket carry, descended more, did a log carry, and then rose up probably 300 feet towards the spear throw. And that 300 foot climb, everyone was maxed out. We were at altitude. We had done a lot of work. And then it was the last climb before the descent to the finish. And there were several people in the 190s or 200s. Now, you can't tell how accurate the devices were, but everyone was rising at the same point. And it was really cool to see that kind of thing. And it would be interesting if we had some ability, like Hyrox did with my zone, to get everyone in a strap or an armband of some sort and track what happens throughout the race. Because all we can work on now is who wears a Garmin or a Sunto, if anyone does that anymore, and who makes their activities public on Strava. But then you have like sh- shitty GPS signals and all these yeah. you data. 400 feet field. different elevation gain. At True. I agree with more, you. The more we get out there, the more you can get rid of the outliers. If you have a sample size of 50 versus 15, you get more accurate results. <clears throat> But no, you're right. It's it's always going to be a bit of a crapshoot, but then we could go through on every course and make all your mod segments and then really see the entire fields mod. And it'd be like a Rylan. I got to assume Rylan's up there on mod right now. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some people like that would be fascinating to watch versus let's say, uh, uh, I'm trying to think who, um, I don't even know if that's fair. We've had some people in the past who will be fantastic and you could watch in the earlier race and you could watch mod decay over each segment. And this is the average that you'd you'd be talking. It's not like what your mod is at the beginning of the race versus the end. Like we don't care. We're looking at your full race, not full race average. But if you had eight segments, you could actually watch your mod decay over time. Or people like Atkins or VJ don't stay strong the entire yeah. time. Not to deviate from splitting hairs but to deviate from splitting hairs. Um, uh, are we going to, are we going to toss names out there and do a little yeah. hypothesizing on this episode? Or are we just talking details here? I know Rich, you had a plan kind of. Not really. Not on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mod and go. That's yeah. what we've done. <laughs> I, I think most of us can, will agree face standing, just ridiculous mod score. Most likely. Just her running ability is fantastic. But she's also very fast and has not, she's probably top three to five in a 5K in any field. And she's yeah. not always guaranteed to be three to five. So <clears throat> if your mod score is good, see, this is where I'm getting caught up. So her mod, we might not might not necessarily dictate her result. Mm. No. Okay. Here, no, here's it won't. Because here's... she can't run downhill and she can't run, I shouldn't say can't. She's hesitant downhill and she's not strong on technical terrain. So mod is not an OCR score. It is a score of how your speed decays under external duress. So how would someone like Renee stack up? Just ran a 16. We wouldn't know. It's hard to tell. Because she might lose 15 minutes on a technical descent and a heavy carry. And we're not even seeing her drop the next thousand meters at like 312 because no one even knows where she is so we don't know how her mod is right but if we were to take her result from a slow Whoa. 10k right it's like okay her mod might be 30 percent based off of just like the straight up time differences e- even though right? if you watched her like i was the camera person next to her the first half of the race her mod score was pretty dang high but you look at the overall that now she's you know dropped a ton well, was she true. running slow at the end or was she doing burpees and sucking on heavy carries? She, I, I got to the spear when she was there and then she kind of disappeared. Um, but so we, that's the thing. The, these are things we're not exactly sure. We don't know if she's not yeah. been successful in OCR because of mod or because of just obstacle deficiencies. What Probably do you think is a better, in, yeah, what, what's a better indicator for most people? Is it going to be mod or just lack of skill? Oh, it's one than the other. You got to be able to do the obstacles first. Then once you can do that, you've got to be able to run fast afterwards. I think it's a career progression. Mm-hmm. The newer you are, the more obstacle proficiency matters. Mm-hmm. So you know where I find this conversation to be the most interesting or potentially the most interesting isn't with the VJ Jones of the worlds or the Atkins of the worlds. It's like, who's getting the most like juice out of their squeeze. That might be like the, you know, middle of the Packers and these people that like we're realizing have no business competing and performing as well as they are and then doing it. And then also the flip side of the coin, like just trash talking the fast people who just can't put it together in a race. Like those two 
for yeah. the sake of conversation, entertain me the most. Like who's getting the most juice out of their squeeze. And then who's like really just laying eggs constantly like Woodsy in the beginning. Like those I all find that's the interesting part to me in the conversation. We all know VJ Jones, Atkins and Lindsay Webster are fantastic at mod, right? We don't have a score for it yet, but we know they're good. It's like the ones who are really working it. The ones who maybe are the unsung heroes or the unsung zeros of this. You know sport. what? You mentioned, I think, maybe the biggest unsung hero who already is a hero, and that's Lindsay. She's clearly has a higher mod than Faye because Faye has a faster 5K than her, and Lindsay outruns her in races. Right. I think one thing, and this is this is a tangent. I want to get back to yours and find out who the true mod studs are that are unsung. But we, and it's really highlighted when I've been watching a lot of racing, we as, I, I like shudder to put us in media. But running media and consumers and commentators put way too much of an emphasis on visuals of running. We watch Faye run and she thrashes her upper body and it makes us think she's running faster than she is. Now, in High Rocks, she is running faster than we think because she's she's a monster there. But on course, there's often times where you see her trailing Lindsay looking faster than Lindsay. Hmm. You watched which, Jacob Ingebrigtsen at the pre-classic this yeah. last weekend. If you isolated Jacob Jakob Ingebrigtsen, mm-hmm. he looked like he was running the slowest out of anybody in the field. Yeah. Won by over a second. Point I watched the away. arena games this weekend. I don't know if anyone else did. <clears throat> it's triathletes uh, on Zwift competing indoor. There's a lap <laughs> pool, a their bike on a trainer, and a basically a true form treadmill. You watched this. I, I thought I was. I was watching like all of CrossFit semifinals feeling like a loser, but you... Well, I've got a little project going on, so I've been spending a lot of time running on the treadmill. Got it, got it. So I watched this, and it was fascinating because they have all their metrics up there. It shows their wattage. It showed their, on the bike, on the treadmill, it showed their cadence and their pace and their heart rate. And um, Alex Yee was running at 190, 200 the entire time. Heart rate or cadence? Cadence. Because wow. they are running thousands. They did three rounds of this. Yeah. They did a triathlon forwards or they did a, I forgot what it was. They did triathlon forwards, triathlon in reverse, and then a triathlon. And each huh. time the run was a thousand. And he's running like 234, 236 for his Ks at 190 to 200. And the guy next to him is running 235 at 178. And so you're watching Alex Yee and just visually you're like, this guy is so much faster than him. And then they get done with it. And that other guy was one second slower on the first one and like a second faster on the second. But because his cadence was slower, he didn't even look like he was running nearly as fast. And it really hit me in that moment. We always say, oh, they look so comfortable or look how fast they are. But we might be judging arm carriage. So Lindsay, we don't ever think of as this great compromised runner because she never looks tired Hmm. or fast. But like if you think of Faye's our best compromised runner, but Lindsay outruns her start to finish. Lindsay's right. obviously the unsung champ there. So it's just yeah. a sidebar that mm-hmm. Alex Yee showed me is visuals don't count in mod. Yeah, you don't know if Lindsay's on a warm up or at the last mile of a race. <clears throat> just based yeah. on Hunter gritting his teeth like this and David Megiddo running like this does not affect their mod score. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one, one example that came to my mind was when. Uh, Annie Doobie outran Emma and uh, I, I'm Jack who got third at Worlds. Alyssa Petrova. Yes. Where technically I don't think she would beat either of them in a 5k, but she ran away from them. So like that mod section, that yes. mod segment would show like, oh, okay. Like her compromise, her ability to run compromise right now is above mm-hmm. those two, even though like 
So her score is probably really high. But is sand no. comparable? Like that that's another intricacy. That's an extreme mod, yeah. Yeah. Mod loves sand. Mod loves everything that damages you. How's everyone's mod here? Kirk, how's your mod? I think my mod's pretty good, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I think it, there's others with better mod for sure, but I think I'm getting a little bit of juice out of my squeeze. I, you know, <clears throat> like in Florida early in the year, I did burpees with Chris Brown at the spear. Chris ran his way back onto the podium. I did not. So there's room for improvement. Correct. Um, but pretty good. I but that say. could be, I mean, say his 5K is 30 seconds faster than yours. Which Correct. So it could be. So you're, you're, uh, factor in. you're percentage wise, you may have been higher. So right. You're right. You're right. Exactly. That's a you little confusing. I mean? Yeah. That's a good I also point. believe that burpees affect mod differently than any other obstacle. Cause burpees yeah. are so much practiced. full body. Like the, the, the act of a burpee is night and day. If you practice it or if you don't hmm. where just good fitness can get you through most obstacles, it doesn't on burpees. And if you're five, six for six feet or above, like it's yeah. going to hit you differently also. Do your burpees, people. Easy I think on the front end of the elite field, my mod score is probably right in the, the median of the top athletes, I bet you. I'm not excelling on one way or the other. I'm probably right smack dab in the average of the top 15 or 20 in our sport. That's what I think. I think most of us would fall on that, don't you guys? Yeah, Jack, where's your mod? I, I'm pretty good for uh, compromise running. Like with High Rocks, I've I've been within Ryan Kent about 30 seconds, 30, 35 seconds of him a couple times on the on the AK splits, and I'm not there if we're just running a, an all out 5K on the track. Um, that that's one thing I've always been pretty good at compromise running. And I'd consider him to be he'd be one I'd put right up top He's for fantastic a at it. Score, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, he was he was running like 30 flat, and I was like. 30 25 or 30 30 at some of these and it, i took a little step back once i hurt my achilles but i'm i'm very confident like once uh my next race i do i'm gonna be right in line with how i've usually been in the past <clears throat> bracken you would have been the, the king at one point right you would say because you were very very efficient put you in a stadium there's nobody that got in and out of stuff faster i mean whether that's mod or that's efficiency yeah yeah i would say I'm a mod terrain specialist that as terrain breaks or changes or a stride gets disrupted, I maintain a very high level of that. And fitness wise, when I'm very fit, my, my overall mod is usually, I'd say one of the better, but it's like with obstacles, taking things out of me and then running. I, I, I think that's one of my, was always my top skill, but terrain wise, even when I'm not fit, the worse the terrain gets, the closer the more I get out of myself, I think, if that makes any sense. If you took all 100 people in the sport and ran us track, pavement, grass, gravel, rock, broken, bushwhacking, I think my finish would get better the worse, the farther we got from clean. So I think my my, my mod, if we would have tracked it back in my in my day, my mod would have been right up there. The inverse of Rich. Yeah, we, we, we'd be somewhere in the middle there, Brad. Rich and I had a baby. Be full on. <laughs> See, yeah, come a long ways, folks. You never know. So my mod score is probably going to get better as I get slower. Right? Like right now, my mod score probably gets screwed up if we take, if like I am in good 5K shape and then go do the mod test. Like percentage wise, I don't know how it would 
like score wise of the total test, depending on how we do the test, I don't think we necessarily would have a f hard finish time, right? Or is it going to be a duration based test? I don't know. Mm. We don't know. We got to figure out semantics. Uh, but yeah, my if it was just time based, my time would probably be really solid in that top area for OCR, but my percentage might be lower depending on what kind of 5K shape I was in. Yeah. So I'd actually have to improve that. And that that's something with high rocks that, that I'm seeing, right? Like as like, I might need to get slower to get better at the stations Pull and that wood. might approve that would improve mm -hmm. my mod score just almost naturally, but it might, yeah. but it might improve my results as well. Being super fast is almost like a disadvantage in this case. Yeah. It's like, uh, I bet you in this, if we ever actually calculate all this out and Jack comes up with this fancy formula, I bet you that 90% of the top scores are people like 35 to 45. Like the people who have lost touch with their top end speed a little Poor bit. slow. <laughs> right, who, ha who can't run the times of the past, yet their stay power and grinding power is still pretty good. You're going to see, like, uh, I bet you the young guys have terrible mod scores compared to the old guys and girls. I, almost, I would almost like bet my paycheck on it. Yeah. Because well, of the relation to your 5K time, that's all. 100%. It's yeah. a learned skill to be able to run compromise, but it's also, I think if you look at the bell curve, the farther you get to this end of the spectrum, the less you can spend time here in order to get there. So when people come in with all their speed in the world, it's because they've gotten so specific in training that they don't touch any of that other thing. Right. You start touching those other things. Even if you don't gain a ton of weight or slow your cadence, you're not doing all the very specific things it takes to be a sub 14 5k guy. And you just can't run that anymore. And your mod improves. So yes. it comes at it from both sides. Right. I think when people chase a statistic to get better, they run the risk. Oh, yeah. Like when people say, I just need to be lighter to be better, to be faster. Like that's, that's true only until it's not when people chase power to weight is when they generally have a much better result with performance-based weight loss, because they're not getting rid of power output and strength training and all the other things. When people just say, I just need to drop 10 pounds. That's when issues arise. So which way you chase it is the problem. If you just wanted to maximize your mod, you just get slower. You'd stop doing speed work and you do only compromised work and a lot of grindy stuff which might be a net negative for your race where rich you would get worse at like San Luis Obispo and you'd get better at high rocks. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, this is okay. So I, so we're going to figure out how to score this thing and make it and where, and so this to me is almost turned into a training metric more or less, more like you, you what your, um, what would be a good parallel to this? Not be a training good. tool. Like, that's for dang sure. Training you, tool. You started the season with an eighty, and now you're an eighty-five. Like I'm a better, almost like runner. almost like pace. Yeah. Right. Like how how your threshold identifying pace your OCR race pace would be an interesting met metric because there is a a soft ceiling on speed development. We have people that get stuck at 15 minutes, at 14 minutes, at 13 mm -hmm. minutes, at 1240. Like there is minutes in range. We've had people from 13 low all the way through 18 low all run 520 pace on course. Like there is a there is a smaller discrepancy. There is a harder ceiling capped on your compromise run pace. Race pace just doesn't differentiate a ton between the very best in the world, whether they are 
1350 guys or 1550 guys, which is an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of thinking when we were coming into this, like we could judge someone's what we're not going to call a mod. We couldn't call it something different. Uh, Nick mask actually had a good, he sent one to me called spore. Let me see if I can pull this up. What that meant. <laughs> it was, uh, it was actually okay. I, f- uh, I don't have it down here now. Probably Shoot. Speed something. Oh, sustainable, over. sustainable percentage of optimum running is what, is what he had called it. And he was talking about kind of what we said at the beginning, just taking the two, your time, like the distance covered based on your pace in a 10 K super versus uh, the distance covered in like your total five K output. Right. And then at the end you could have like a score for that race. So one is running specific and one is competition specific. Yes. Yes. Entire event. Okay. So the age old, what if we took Elliot Kipchoge and had him run Sierra Zanel? We're not just testing how he'd do on the flats after the climbs. It's how does he do on the whole thing compared to his half marathon, whatever. Yeah. So the, we're talking that that's a whole different metric then. Okay. Right. Yeah. I like sport. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've got a ton of data where it's like, all right, typically this person's like, they ran eight races all year and she was 15% behind the winner the whole time. And she did 8% this race. So she's the highest overperformer. Like I've got, numbers like that i'm just trying to find a way to make it work with uh the limited or or all the the manipulation that i'll need for the data and the results we could go back i mean we really could we could go on strava and make new segments it's not too late from some of the flat races we had where the this you know a lot of people were at we could probably come up with something pretty quick if we wanted to comb through stuff if we really wanted to i think we could do it we could we could. could. It would take time, but we could do it. And it wouldn't be a hundred percent. It would be like no. that that range, 85. right? It doesn't have to yeah. be as long as it's <laughs> even and so you could handicap courses then. So like this course is a mod, uh and it's a times one point two this course. Or you go to Jacksonville if it's if it's sunny, it's a one point oh. If it's muddy, it's a one point five. Like the whatever the percentage of of degradation of courses, what it should do to everyone. And even if we're not right, it shows how difficult it is to maintain top speed for a nameless general entity. So going to Asheville or uh, where's that, that South Carolina one that it's either fast or it's a mud bath. Yeah. Like it, it one year it's got a 1.0 multiplier. Another year it's a 1.3. How about a you Sunday can... sprint versus the Saturday beast when it's brand new? Like that's, that's different also when the course is trampled down. Yeah. And you can or see the year. trends, like, let's say, uh, who's a runner who struck, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to call someone out, but someone who's consistently like got a mod of 90, but then they dropped to a 75 on a, on all the, the mod plus two courses where someone else only drops mm-hmm. seven points or drops right. five on those you could see how people's mod degrades based on course difficulty that'd really help with projections for drafts and stuff too it it's really like would i might it. have to keep this data to myself but like, i know for yeah. example a face denning who we say is a fantastic mod score what if she has to run on rocky technical terrain that has a lot of descents we know that historically she won't open up and attack those so on a plus two course she's only ranked 12th in mod rather than second on a plus one course that could really go a long way towards predictions and 
conversations. Jack, I'm curious now, like where your head, if are your wheels turning at all? I don't know why I feel like just putting a lot of pressure on you with this. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it's, it's, like, do you have any thought, like thoughts that are popping in, like how to do this? Any, any inner workings that you have talked yeah, about? The good, the good thing is you create a segment, anybody who uploaded their watch data to there. Now you have that data. So that, that makes it easier. More data is always better. And we kind of know when the, the big racers are going to, are going to show up. You know, Lindsay's always going to be at the national series levels of races. She's not going to be at your local Illinois Sunday sprint or something. So, so that might be a better, a more applicable course for determining mod because it might be flatter and stuff, but you're not going to get data there. The hard part is how do you convert flat time into, you know, hills and, and mountains? Yeah. That's, that's not, we accurate. all know that's a science. Yeah. <laughs> but they've tried. Right. But it's not even close. It doesn't matter if it's not close. It matters is if it's consistent. Consistent, yeah. If it's just something we could be like, yeah, this is just what it said. <laughs> we just have to trust it. It, it. Yesterday, I ran a I ran a trail near me, and I got done, and it said I was I had my second fastest time on there ever. So I did what every runner in history does on Strava. I click on my performances, and then I click on the all time leaderboard, and then I click on first place and check what their PRs are. <laughs> mm-hmm. because I realized he ran college somewhere and he's a 1447 guy and he's run 353 in the 1500. So, okay. It's okay that he beat me on this and he did it during a tempo where I did it on aerobic run. My mod right. on this was actually pretty high. You know, I, we don't have that. So what metric yet, but this metric fits in line with what people have to do anyway to, to compare how does my time even compare to someone else? Kirk, just to go back to like where my brain's going with this, I think mm-hmm. that it's a it's a limited metric where you can only get the data for people who give the data. Like mm-hmm. that's that's right. the hard part. So it's not like if you're a random, you know, you got 37th in the race and you'd like to know your score, but you don't have a, a watch that uploaded everything. Like, sorry, I, I can't get it for you. Um, we just don't have the timing mats and, and that's just a lot of work. Um, and it's all, it's definitely going to be more of a post race, like, Hey, guess what happened? As opposed to he- like heading into the race, we'll know for sure. Like so if you have a different course, what, what your mod in big bear is probably isn't going to trend, you know, uh, work well for Mexico necessarily. Cause that's a, a it's not going to be just super steep power hiking. So it's going to be more for informational purposes. I think it'd be cool to see because we'll actually be able to maybe quant- quantify something for once, but I don't think it's like a widespread, everyone's going to have a mod score thing. You're going to need to give us your 5K or 10K, whatever. So that's the difficulty in it, especially if people don't test that. Here's the cool application though. Most of the top pros do some sort of 5K at some point in the year. Many of them do a 15-15, that treadmill challenge. Some of them do a max gain set the treadmill to whatever vert you want and see how many feet you can do in 60 minutes. If we got enough of the top guys to do and girls to do those three metrics, we now have a flat, a runnable and a steep score for everyone, or at least enough people that we can start looking at podium and top 10 lists for that. And what that does is that finally gives the every man the answer for what metrics do I need to worry about for blank or what do I, you can look at and say your treadmill challenge score does not matter for big bear. 
but your max gain test sure does, or your 5k doesn't matter for Utah, but your, your treadmill challenge is actually directly correlated. So don't train to get better at that. But the things you would do to get good for that are the things that are going to translate to big bear or to Utah. You could start to have, if you had a couple universal tests that people would buy in and do the audience at large could start to see how they stack up. And then you could answer the next question is, when am I ready to run my first pro or elite race? Well, if you're within 80% of the top person's blank test, or if your mods above blank, then you can start to say, yeah, I probably belong in this field. I, I think that I'd also try to make this as simple of a formula as possible so that people could just plug it in or you guys create the segments on Strava. And it's like, here's, go ahead, calculate it. Like what, what was your time between here and here? <clears throat> plug in your uh, 5k time trial or max vert in an hour, something like that. And then they get their score automatically, just plop it out. And then you can kind of compare. That would be the I'm way seeing this. I'm seeing a Jack Bauer Excel sheet that people get to go on to yeah. the race brain website. And there's a new mod calculator for every national series race. Mm. And you just look at your Strava and say, 432, 458, blank, blank, blank. Mm -hmm. Type that into your boxes, click in Jack's formula for that race. Calculates, here's my 5K, here's this. I had a 0.78 mod this week. There we go. And, and, then, then, and then if you submit a time, it goes onto an active leaderboard. And yes. Kind of, yeah. For the a race. mod list. Done. Came down yeah. to the wire, but man, I think we I think we hit a buzzer beater again, two episodes in a row. This show is awesome. <laughs> This was a beaters every time. That was like Kawhi Leonard just it bounced off the rim and then made it in. Yeah, I no, know that's, that's a, a, I, no. I noticed you didn't mention that one earlier, but I had, had a great to bring one. it up. Less yeah. fun. Yeah. Kirk, you had a thought? Yeah, it's this is either the dumbest conversation any four <laughs> people have ever had in the history of human humans, or we can look back in a year or two and say that this is one of the most brilliant conversations. But either way, I feel like apologizing to people who are listening. And I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly the latter, Kirk. <laughs> Um, yeah. so yeah, so, okay. So we're on, we're on to it with mod. We're getting right there. And then maybe we will have something else to like, for like a post, cause we could use that for post analysis as well, but also we have some sort of spore down the road as well. Just to like, kind of like a quick look, not at, not as That's nuanced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll throw Nick like 1% of the profits in the future. Yeah. Well, he just, there was no understanding that I wouldn't steal it. Mm, like, okay. so we stole it. I think he was no submitting idea. it to you for your use. I believe like, so. I don't, I don't have a platform to use this. <laughs> Nick, it's, I guess you could copyright that quick, but you're running out of time. It's, yeah, we're going to do it before you. Pork, so. Well, Rich yes. Ryan, you didn't ask me, but I believe it was Emmanuel Moutier. It was either him or Jamal Murray. I was running at the Cheyenne Canyon Fitness Center watching a game with that the Nuggets played, and I'm blanking who they played, but they were back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back shots hit late, and he hit like a half-court double-clutch shot to win the game and live that was the best game winner i ever watched but runner up was when i believe lebron beat the wizards he banked in a kevin love three-quarter pass fadeaway three to send it to overtime and then they won so you mm. didn't you didn't ask me but those are the two best live but i'm glad that you have i'm glad you, you have some locked and loaded yeah jack you have any thoughts i i always go back to that Kawhi shot oh game seven I, I know i know trust the process the ray allen shot is that that was that at the buzzer it wasn't no, but that's pivotal, obviously. It's one of the greatest shots of all time. Not a buzzer beater, though. They actually did some sports science on that. And just since we're nerding out, and it was like 
if that thing was 0.1 degrees at a different launch angle, it wasn't going to go in. Like it was, it was so that much shots? That one in. It's most shots, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember, but it, it was like, if you change your release point of almost any shot, it doesn't go. <laughs> no, no, it was such a small angle. Like you can be within a few, few degrees normally, but I'd have to look it up. The exact thing. It was cool to see. All right. Well, I think we've got close to mod. Uh, everyone stay tuned to learn how mod will affect your training because it will. It's going to change. You know, all it's going to do is drive people to Strava. It's just yeah. going to be another Strava, you know what, measuring contest. And it's not going to change anything. And people are going to hate it. They're going to be like, this is so inaccurate and stupid. <laughs> what am I? You're going to have people sandbagging the next 5K race to get a better mod score. Yes. No. <laughs> For sure. Ran a 20 flat again. Jeez. It'll be a good reason not to use super shoes, people. Yeah. True. You don't want a super shoe road PR combined with a off-trail OCR race. But it feels so good for those 5K PRs. That's super shoe. It's just Oof. worth it. The experience is worth it. We didn't mention, or we said Faye and Lindsay. Who, who's the best guy? We never actually mentioned anyone. I mean, you'd imagine VJ. Off his most recent, you would Brian Atkins. <clears throat> yeah. Well, his, his what was his his three mile at OCR stars? He also did that thing where he, he got just the allowable amount of downhill, nine feet downhill or something. Yeah. Yeah. What did he uh, run on that? Fifteen thirty high, yeah. I think. Yeah, for, for a three mile. mile. Yeah. So I. So it's about the same as where VJ is. I would say he's one of those people that runs in the lead aggressively of almost every race. He gets you, out fast with guys that are running a minute faster than him in a 5K. Would you get expect if there was a mod segment of of flat running on any course and VJ and Atkins got off an obstacle next to each other, like who would be in the lead but by the end of that segment? I don't know. They're both so tactical in how they race. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd risk it for like that one little segment necessarily. I think Nick Mask had it for most of them and slow for the first half. He Definitely kept did. rolling people down. Yeah, I think Kempson would be a sneaky one on that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I really I, do. I think that's Hunter, especially obviously in the hybrid game, but he's yeah. not that yeah. fast, but he never no. breaks down. Never. Yeah, he's he's special. He did something like a one thirteen half with nineteen hundred feet of vert on a trail at an Xterra race. Wow, he's, really? Yeah, he's had some like That's freaky run times crazy. in his past. He always claims that he can run sub fifteen if you give him a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. He'll claim some things, but he's yeah. <laughs> I still think that guy. You put him in a different family growing up, and he's a D one runner or a pro triathlete, or he's got the engine of a of mm-hmm. someone that doesn't look like him. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, so, what's the what do we got on the running public this week? What, sh- what should we tune in for? you'll find out later yeah, yeah that means yeah. you're not sure you're not sure you're <laughs> i just got back from overseas <laughs> that's we're talk about mod it's it's tuesday and we have not recorded our tuesday episode yet bracken's been busy we we've thrown him a bone here we're gonna we're gonna get it in the nick of time aren't we bracken yeah and then memorial day yesterday true come true. on what do you think we're adults over here katrina <laughs> I got Aaron Newell on the Reinforced Running Podcast. All right. Just to, yep. it's out now. Next week's Q&A. Love a, love a Q&A right now and then. Already recorded, locked and loaded Q&A next week. Mm. We already oh, have so you do frozen meals. Uh, well, I'm going camping this week. So like I'll eat tomorrow. So I'm gonna be I didn't know you were a camper. 
I'm not. This is the first time I've ever gone, so I don't know how it's going to be. Never gone. Never gone. We're going to Zion, so it should be cool. Oh, nice. Oh, sweet. You're not dipping your toe into the camping game. <laughs> we're going. We just got invited by friends. We're like, should, like oh, we should probably say yes. We live in Colorado now, and now my wife and I are like, what the fuck did we just do? Should we? How just, much cooler should, space do you have? What's that? How much cooler space do you have? Uh, an appropriate amount. Yeah, we're car camping. We're gonna be all right. Okay, it'll be easy. And it's like right next to a town. It's basically like we could stay at the hotel and it'd be like the same experience. But you got two like pro level campers over here. Between I'd Brad say three. And myself, so. Are you one as well? Well, there you go. I'm, I'm doing a three day uh, overnight canoe trip. In, with VJ, um, right? We heard about yeah, with this. VJ. Yep. It's going to nice. be super fun. I've done it right. three years in a row. Love it. What's like the one thing that you guys learned on that you unforeseen thing that you've learned while camping so that I don't Ear necessarily... plugs. Bear plugs? Ear plugs. Yeah. And see, I'd be a noisemaker for sure, like a yeah. chargeable noisemaker. Just Same for sleeping? Concept. Just so like it's loud. What, yeah, like... we bring box fans or noisemaker. I think you got to, I think adjusting your perception of sleep. Go in expecting the worst sleep ever and that you're not going to get any. And then everything's fine from there. If you do get some, then you're good. But yeah, have, have some some white noise of some sort. It's the sleep that's the factor. NyQuil. Always have that on hand just in case. Just knock yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mezcal. <laughs> mezcal would work. That's All it. Right. That's it, boys. All right. So that's tune into the running public whenever whenever it is released. Oh, it'll be uh, released. Tuesday, Friday. We don't know what we're doing yet. Don't know, don't know yet. We're recording right now, right after this. All right. We'll let you boys All get right. to it. Have fun. Same channel. Yeah. See ya.